Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Good morning. We are starting a new mimer. We're on page Tough uh, Mem. Uh, the mimer is Viiki Savoyel Oretz. It's going to obviously be a continuation because Samachvav is, after all, a Hemshech. But it's a, it's a fresh angle. It's a new angle, which is very exciting. I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to, to, to begin this with you. So we begin. Viiki Savoyel Oretz, Asher Hashem Elokecha Naisein Lucha Nachla Lurishta. When you come into the land, which the Lord your God uh, gives to you, is giving to you as a nachla, as an as a, uh, inheritance, essentially, to inherit it. Uh, and, you, and you you reside in it, you settle in it. So there's an obvious question here. We have a, a double language here. Uh, when Hashem gives, gives you uh, then there's a conceptual break. And you inherit it. Well, a gift and inheritance are not exactly the same thing. So the Rebbe says, Tzarech Lavan, we have to understand, He will give it to you as a gift. Neisein is to give. Of course, Nachla is inheritance too. But the verb here is to give, is a gift. Which implies, in this case, a matana, a gift. After, afterwards, afterwards it says, and you will inherit. Well, that's an inheritance. This is a Yerusha. Afterwards, after, since it was given as a gift. So why is it necessary then to uh, say it is now a Yerusha? Is it a gift? Is it a Yerusha? Is it both? What does this mean? How, do, how are we to approach this? that understand this. <coughs> we have to begin, as been explained before. We're back to our, our subject. There is, as we've learned in great detail, a tremendous maila in the Evid Pajut. That maila is avoida. That word avoida, that's we're going to see that. The Rebbe is going to expand on this. We, we still don't really have a sense. Oh, it's wonderful. It's beyond everything. Avoida, the Avoida of the Avid Pajit, since it's an Avoida pure Yigiyah, there are no Giluyim, it's all Mitzad Atzmai, and it's a struggle, and it's with the obstacles, and it's all. Oh, so that goes much higher than the Avoida of the Avid Neman, who, after all, has a lofty Neshama, and is given Giluyim, and is given help, and, and uh, 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 very, very nice. We still don't know why. Why should that be? Why is it? How is it? What is the union of Avaida of the Eved Pajit, and how does it apply to us? And I think we're going to be able to relate to this in a very real, practical way. Mamish, it's with Amul Viagia. That's the key to everything. The Eved Neman does not have, well, he has it, but to a, a limited extent. The Iker Inyan of Amul Vigi is the Evid Pajit. The Evid Pajit is, is the top of the line. Bittel Vanachzas Musa, he puts himself aside. He's in, uh, it's a matter of self abnegation, putting himself aside. Shebazem Mechadesh Dover. This is a Chiddush. Again, we've spoken of this. The Rev has mentioned this several times, brought, it, brought the idea forward several times. 
but we still don't, it's, it's, and, and we sort of understand it. It's a, it is a chiddish, um, but we don't really have a deep concept of what a givadli chiddish it is. Where, let's put it this way, why is the word a chiddish? Because the world was not created with a vayda. A vayda was not in the picture, we'll see this a bit later on. When God Almighty created the world, and created Gan Eden, put Adam Arish and Chava in it, there was no concept of Avaita. The, there was no concept of Yigiyah. Why? Because there was no concept of Klippa. To have Avaita to struggle, you have to have what to struggle with, which means you have to have a blend of good and evil, which is the nature of Klippa, Klippa Snoig in particular. Well, but there was evil. There was, after all, the Nachash. I mean, in the, the, when the world was created, there was the concept of evil. Not that it didn't exist altogether. It did exist, but it existed in an isolated way. It was identifiable, perceivable. And the good was separate, identifiable, and perceivable. And if Adam had chosen, chosen as the Rabbanu Shalom wanted him to, that's, that's an interesting issue also, uh, he could have spent his life without any Yigiyah. It's, everything, it's, uh, it's all a matter of Aliyahs. It's all a matter of Yehudim. It's all a matter of Hamshachas. There would be no Yigiyah. So Yigiyah, the concept of avoid, and again, we'll see this a bit later on, is a chiddish. It's not something that God put into the system. It was brought about by an action of Adam, and it brings out a chiddish. The chiddish comes through the chait eitz hadas, in which now you have a world which is shayach to something it wasn't shayach to before. And that thing that it's shy to, that Kiddish, that new thing that it's shy to, that it wasn't shy to before, that is Avaita, that is Omel, that is Yigiyah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm ahead of myself, but uh, it's amazing. Shehi v'achet, I'm sorry, v'hateva, humri mizbatal mamish. He, so what's the Kiddish here that the Rebbe is describing vis-a-vis the Eved Pajet? He came into life as a piece of humrius. His neshama is of the lowest level. His guf is of the coarsest level. His circumstances are uh, hardly enviable, hardly conducive to anything spiritual. He's a totally physicalized humrius dike creation. And what with all that, he became not a better person, not a greater creation, not a more refined individual. He became something new. He became bitl betachlis. He became... <coughs> Bittle to the creator, uh, the way your hand is bittle to you. The bittle is so, so intense, so great, so absolute, that there, one can't distinguish between the servant and the master. That's the bittle. That's, that's the Kiddush, because it wasn't made that way. It wasn't created that way. And therefore... Because of this fabulous new invention, he's reinvented himself as a creature that did not exist before. Because of this, um, his, uh, um, uh, the Yigib takes him to a place which is infinitely higher than that of the Eved Neman. And we're going to get into this again in more detail. Much of this we already have covered in, in a way, but now we're going to get into the, really the, uh, the, the, the hows and the whys. Who be or inyan who. The thing is like this. After the Chedet Zadas, Siv, what, what's written? <coughs> By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. Um, most of us are familiar with this. 
Shetzarech la'avayd es ha'adama. In the case of the first instance of this, what it, it came into a situation that now required working the earth. Prior to the Chayde Tzadas, everything came up. Perfect, beautiful, wonderful, Gan Eden. No, no concept of work. There was no concept of Yigiyah. Because the world, the Banyu Shalayim is perfect and his world is perfect. There's at, it was absolute perfection. Uh, the concept of work implies something has to be corrected, fixed, or something, there's something missing that has to be uh, added or elicited. That's the whole idea of avoiding. There's no need for it. The world came out in a perfect state. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. So the Chedei Tzadas brought a situation which now in, brought a new invention into creation, and that new invention was work. You had to work. There had to be avoided. There had to be struggle and difficulty, and, and serious difficulty. Zayas HaPecha is not exactly uh, easy work. To do what? L'sakin me'klol koila to do what? To rectify, to correct, to fix. Um, fix what? The, 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 the deficiency, the uh, damage that occurred in the entire creation through the Chet Eitz Hadas. Uh, specifically, what is it? To, to, to rectify, to fix the situation which is known as Tairuva Yisra, which means a mixture of evil, a blend of evil within creation. doesn't mean that evil came into existence. It was there before. What it means is that evil now is indistinguishable from the good. They're intermixed. They're interblended. It's chaotic. It's a chaotic situation in which the good and evil are totally interwoven. Uh, and this requires tremendous effort, tremendous exertion in order to... Uh, to uh, uh, d- dispose of the evil, to identify it, dispose of it, and to collect, concentrate, and elevate the sparks of good. Now is a whole new, you have a field. Well, before the field would pop up with whatever you wanted, you know, all the veggies or fruits that are, are beautiful and perfect would come out, of the, come out of the earth. Now it doesn't do that. It doesn't have the capacity. It's no longer pure and unaffected by the Chedet Zadas. There is intermixed through, throughout being a, 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 a component of not good. Now there has to be work. There, there has to be um, plowing. There has to be planting. All of these by way of preparing, of separating the not good from the good, of taking the uh, mixture and, and bringing out the good. Yisachim levar hatoiv min to be masakin, to uh, 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 rectify, and to be mavar, the, and to separate um, the good from the evil. That, stop thinking about it, that's really what, what farming is. I mean, you've got a, a field, um, you've got weeds, you've got stones. Um, the field itself is, um, although there is a kaya which is a kaya soif, which is a potential lying deep within the field, um, it's not going to come in and of itself. It requires an order to get uh, uh, proper and high-quality 
vegetation from the field requires immense effort, immense effort to, to, to water, to fertilize, to plow, to, to do whatever's necessary in the field. That is now uh, the food, the bread, whatever comes from the field, be it wheat or whatever, is coming as a, as a product, not a natural product of God's uh, graciousness alone, but the, the effort of man through the gear and effort of man to be the, the earth. Ad lehem comes out finally. The, the earth brings forth um, bread, food, um, which is good uh, and is sustaining. Uh, it's a product of effort, yigia, and work. The avayda hazais ba laodam raba vatsuma. This is no simple task. It requires immense exertion, immense effort. Um, and this immense exertion, immense effort, is new. It's a chiddush. Adam Rishon wasn't born with it. The world was not born with a necessity for it. It did not exist. There was no immense exertion and effort. For what? The world was perfection itself. It was, again, a reflection of God's perfection. Only when that perfection became contaminated <clears throat> through the inter-admixture of good and evil came the necessity to, uh, to work the land, to remove the good, to isolate it, elevate it uh, from the evil. Therefore it says, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out. By the sweat of your face, this is not a simple task, you shall eat bread. Uh, whatever you acquire in this world, it's going to be through yigia and through intense effort. Shazeu gamkein, and of course, whatever one acquires in Ruchnis is the same story. Shazeu gamkein mahaklolis shenisqolel. This is a product of the curse. Hashem Yisbar cursed the land. The land, as it began, had nothing but blessing. It was a product of God's creation, and it was blessed by the Creator. As it say, says as much in Chumash, it was blessed by the Creator. Um, the hate brought about a curse, and the curse was that the earth will no longer bring forth all its bounty and its beauty and its good things. It's going to be a rough road to, uh, road to hoe, uh, in a very real sense. You will no longer uh, receive the bounty of the earth. You are going to have to struggle to fight the dimensions of earth which are opposing you in order to bring out uh, uh, sustenance which is suitable and which is good. Rebbe, as if we, it takes this, explains the muscle a little bit. This is like sweat. A person sweats, not from an easy task, not from something that can be done uh, um, superficially or in a perfunctory way. A per, per, when we, in fact, we use it. It's a, uh, a, a common aphorism. Oh, I really had to sweat that out. That, work, that was such a sweat. We think of it often in terms of physical work, which it is, physical work, the exertion leads to bodily sweat. Um, students often refer to it in terms of exams. Oh, I sweated out that exam. You have no idea. Now, whether they actually physically sweat or not, I don't remember because a long time since I was a student. But the idea is there. The concept of sweat is the essence, is a product of the essence of yigiyah. 
What is this curse? So now we can ask the question. It's, so what's the curse? Hashem cursed the land, gave, cursed Adam. By the sweat of your face, you will have to earn bread. You will eat bread. What's the nature of the curse? Is it not the case that the more exertion on the earth that a person puts in, greater is the the tikkunim and the birurim? In other words, the person exerts himself to the nth degree. Will not the outcome be that much greater? Will not the product be that much more beautiful, more wonderful? Someone puts in uh, minimal effort in his garden or field or whatever other avoda he's involved in. Uh, all right. But someone works to the point where they sweat. The outcome, the product, is going to be something special. Because of it, the food is going to be that much better, the product is going to be that much better, the outcome is going to be far greater, both quantitatively and qualitatively. Um, It will be that that much greater. Well, so the end of the day, the end of the the, the point is that it's an improvement. You've done something very wonderful is going to come from this effort. Why is that a curse? How does that occur? A person who works the land, the Russian here is Yisra, is satiated. He will be satiated with food. Satiated means if he, in accordance with the effort, is the product. He's a person who exerts himself, who puts himself into the job of the land, whatever the land happens to be. Um, he, he will, the, the satiation that will come from the outcome will be that much, will, will be vast, will be wonderful. Sevilla uh, Leroyv, he will be he will be satiated with with huge amounts with 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 a great deal. Shigam Zeh, Nemer B'Tayra, Hakduma. This is the same thing which the Torah more or less mentioned uh, before this. This of course is from from uh, Mishlei, uh, and Torah preceded Mishlei. So the Torah even said before this, even before uh, Shlom HaMelech brought out this concept, this idea, the Torah already gave us this concept. It already showed us this. Shagam said, Nemar B'tar Dachdumas. It was said in the Torah before, before. Dekshem Shenemar G'bzeis Apecha. That in what that is said by the sweat of your brow, the implication is this, that the more effort you put in, the better it's going to be. Kach Nemar Oyved Admosai Yisba Lachem. Similarly in the same idea, um, that someone who uh, um, works um, the, the, the earth will be satiated, not just granted, but will be satiated with food, will be satiated, <coughs> excuse me, with bread. So there's a very, is it negative or is it positive? Is it a curse or is it a blessing? What is it? Well, how, how, does this, how does this work out? The whole Shabbat Yigiyah moreover, Whoever works harder, whoever puts in more effort, whoever struggles more, the bracha will be, here, Rebbe is Lashon bracha, the bracha will be greater. So we have this great paradox now. What happened? Is, is it good? Is it bad? Um, where, does, where do we hold? It is the, the uh, on the one hand, it 
from the Lushan of the Psukim, it seems like a curse, that man is going to have to earn his food by the sweat of his face. It seems that way. That's what the Pshat looks like. On the other hand, if one thinks about the process altogether, a person plays a role in the perfection of something which he never had to play it, which he never played a role in before, because he never had to play a role in it. And now he's going to be have this this uh, uh, product, this produce, which is the result of his own efforts, which is going to be an extremely, uh, which is a, a tremendous blessing. <coughs> the work, the food of one's own work, the 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 produce of one's own hands is the most is the most satisfying produce there is so we have here a an ambiguity we have a paradox which we're going to look into in more detail things like this in a plain sense we look at parnasa and by parnasa, it just doesn't mean one's salary, your paycheck. Uh, everything in the world requires a parnasa. Everything in the world requires a sustenance, whether it's a fly or it's a human being, lahabdul. Uh, it's sustenance, uh, the, that which supports it, it's food, it's living conditions, whatever. There are two madregas in the acquisition of parnasa. Ashba, um, the first one. The first type is a hashpa, is a parnasa, sustenance, which is rooted, which is a blessing of elokis, a blessing of divinity, God's blessing, as it were, which descends upon the world and provides the whole world with whatever it needs, with every. Uh, the till is filled with this idea. This is the, the Rav Chesed of Hashem is Baruch, the great Chesed, the limitless kindness, the Gedula of Hashem, to sustain, to bring into existence, and to sustain the world every day, every second, every moment. This is a Hamshacha of Parnasa, which comes Milamayla Lamata. It comes in a way of Yosher. It is straight from top to bottom. There are no obstacles. And it provides the entire world with sustenance and being. Uh, example, uh, well, a popular example that's often brought is the, uh, the leaf, the dead leaf which is blowing around in uh, uh, someone's backyard and uh, here and there turns over and blows around. Finally it lands in a certain place and it gets stuck in the mud there, or the, there's where it is. Out of the earth comes a little worm and uh, eats the leaf or eats part of the leaf. That's the worm's dinner. The dinner was provided for him, the sustenance, the food which is responsible for sustaining the physical life of that worm, was a gift milamayla, that leaf was or designated, and, and this is actually a muscle used very frequently for the uh, concept of detailed hashkacha pratis. But the idea is that um, the wor worm didn't have to work. Um, it, 
there it is. It's given Hashem is Baruch, on last Rosh Hashanah, decided that this worm is going to have a year of life. Uh, that decision became parcelated and particularized into a day-by-day experience. And one of those day-by-day experiences was the fact that now there's this leaf for this worm to eat. Where did it come from? It did not come because the, earth, the worm had any uh, role in producing it. He didn't, of course. It came to Lamaila. That, so that's, that's one type of hashba. And that hashba, the whole world lives from this hashba. Every creature in this world lives from that hashba. Certainly human beings live from this hashba. This is from the kav, the side of chesed, of or yosher. Again, or yosher is milamayla lamata. Or yosher is like a waterfall, a beautiful a pool at the top of a mountain, which comes through, through a waterfall, becomes, uh, uh, falls down, becomes a river, which then feeds and sustains and brings water to the land below smooth, beautiful from above down. That is or yosher. It literally means straight light. Light which proceeds from a high source, a lofty source, an intense source, and becomes diminished in order to be able to feed and to supply and sustain whatever is beneath. Shehein zon umafarnes betuvay agodl bechein v'chesed l'chol habruyim. This is the idea, and this is actually, of course, what, what is said in our benching. The concept is very clear in our benching. Uh, to sustain um, and to provide for, for with goodness, with, God, with the great goodness. Rav Chesed is a Chesed <coughs> which is limitless. It's not a Chesed which is restricted by the actions of the recipients. Uh, it's not uh, something which is contemplating, well, does he really deserve it? Is it, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a chesed which comes uh, to, to all being. The chesed of chesed comes through chesed, through grace, through chesed. Chesed gives, that's what chesed does. Chesed is love, chesed is giving. Chesed does not make distinctions, chesed does not judge. Chesed b'klal does not do this. And therefore, the, the, the flow is smooth and easy and it's distributed to all being. L'chol habruyim, to all creations, to all creatures. K'mosh oimer, b'birchus hazon, as we say in b'birchus hazon, hazon es ha'olam, he sustains the, the world, kuloi, the entire world. You sustain the entire world, b'tuvoi, in, in his goodness, b'chein, with grace, b'chesed, with Rahmim. Chesed and Rahmim. That's it's not about a contract. It's not about a, um, a dialogue. It's not about a quid pro quo. It's not earned. It's from Chesed. It's from Rahmim, from mercy. Uh, mercy gives uh, even to that, those who are not deserving. This is the nature of the Hashpa, the world exists. You know, I think you have to be perhaps a Montrealer to appreciate this. We go through a winter. That winter is as close as one can imagine to the death of the world. It sounds a little exaggerated. You look out your window. There's not a sign, not a hint of life. It's ice. It's snow. It's dark. It's trees are skeletal. You can't imagine in a million years that, that anything could possibly come from this. Um, and then comes March, April, May. Within a week or two, 
Every, there's life everywhere. Every leaf has its position and has its, its point of receiving the sun. Every tree has its leaves. Every blade of grass is sustained and brought into existence and given what's ever necessary to bring it to life. And the whole, you see, the world born before your very eyes. Now, that's all free, free of charge. That is from God's chesed. That is pure giving. The birds come out. They, 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 and, and there's food for them. And there's food for everybody, and there's sustenance for everybody, and there's sunlight for every single plant, and the flowers come up. It's, this is pure, a gift, milamaila, lamata, which comes straight and smooth. And how do we know that it's our yosher? It happens every year, every single year. We don't have to worry about it. It's going to happen. It will happen. It's hard to believe in the middle of uh, January, but it will happen, and it does happen. This is the, the world is given life through milamaila, lamata, through the or yosher of chesed. This is a, um, uh, a product of the of the the the, the good uh, essential chasadim which come always from above, which which the world sustained on a daily basis always forever from above on a minute by minute basis on a second by second basis by this chesed which is from above. Um, from above, below, every single day. <coughs> in accordance, how does this happen? When does it happen? In accordance with Rosh Hashanah. Klolis Hashanah, which is for the totality of the entire year. Okay, it's a concept we're familiar with. <clears throat> Rosh Hashanah, the world is judged. Um, and on Rosh Hashanah, uh, life is apportioned for the entire world. Now, that apportionment is a general apportionment. It's a general hashpa, general chesed, which is given and an, an, an apportioned to the entire world. Uh, during the course of Sarasimei Tshuva, Yom Kippur, the Hague verse of, of, uh, of Atik in Nila, and, and day-by-day basis, we'll talk about this a bit later on. But there is a totality of life which is given. It's given as a package on Rosh Hashanah. The point here is that, um, that, it hap- that, that it's, the year is now more or less a guaranteed in terms of Hashpah Milamayla. The interesting thing is that it's a yearly thing. It's a package. It's a year package. Um, at the end of the year, the creation, uh, the contract of creation, the rental of, of creation, of existence, uh, is, has to be renewed. And it's renewed through Rosh Hashanah. <coughs> uh, and it, we're, one well know, we, we're well aware of the idea that one cannot earn a penny more or receive a penny less than has been designated for that individual beginning with Rosh Hashanah. So the, the Hashpa, which ultimately is going to be particularized into uh, time, particularized into recipients, creations, creatures, uh, all begins on Rosh Hashanah, and there it is. It's all there, and it's a given. Afterwards, of course, it comes on a day-by-day basis. There's a great deal of uh, uh, profundity here. Um, this is explained in some detail, actually the Rebbe quotes it, uh, in, in Kutus Amayim, which gives us an idea of, of the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, what is it, as opposed to the judgment on a day-by-day basis, and the nature of this Hashbah. 
after Rosh Hashanah on a day-by-day basis, you'd be shayis twelve hours to the day. Gimel shayis shenios the second set of three hours of the day. Yoshev azon esoyim Hashem sits and sustains occupies himself with the sustenance of all existence, which again is a concept of a gift which is given above, blessing and bracha, which is showered down on the world from above. This is uh, the chesed, uh, I'm sorry, v'zehu mechesed kel kol This is the chesed of Hashem for the entire day. V'nimshach, uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, it begins, the Hamshacha begins on Rosh Hashanah, the, amount, the, the blessing that is to be designated to the world over the course of the year on a day-by-day basis is initiated on Rosh Hashanah. Da'oz nimshach shefa klolis l'mzaynoisav shel odem kol hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah is <coughs> drawn down the shefa, the or, the bracha, the blessing, the ruchnius dimension of that person's physical sustenance, the, the blessing and the highs of that sustenance is drawn down in a general way, uh, to ultimately sustain him for the entire year. It's a deposit in the bank. There it is. Here is your year's worth of, of chesed. Here is your year's worth of blessing, your year's worth of sustenance. Now, of course, one has to be able to draw on it, but, but there it is. That happens on Rosh Hashanah. And it becomes parcelated on a day-by-day basis. So each day one draws on this um, quote-unquote account, and that blessing from above sustains on a day-by-day basis. This, what, that we have described to this point, which is a gift from the Rabbani Shalom, which is the chesed of Hashem, this concept of or yosher, does not require yigiyah. There are no obstacles to this. Now, obviously, the apportionment depends very much, as we well know, on a person's past year, his track record. It's interesting, the... Uh, I can't remember who it was who said it, but such a, it was such a great idea. The, the Rabbani Shalilam, among his many inventions, many creations, he invented um, uh, 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 zero-based budgeting. What is zero-based budgeting? Zero-based budgeting, when uh, I was a, uh, deeply involved in research, running a laboratory, uh, well, running a research laboratory in academe is about what everything else is about. It's about money. You have to have money. The whole, uh, you need grants. You've got to get money. The more you publish, the more money you get, which means the more you can publish, which means the more money you get. So it's a business like every other. What can I say? Um, and it used to be a situation where you would apply for a grant, and they would throw you a few peanuts, enough for you to start a small laboratory when you began. And every three years, you'd have to reapply. So they see how you did. They look at your track record for three years. Uh, and they would say, well, you know, maybe we'll throw them a few extra bucks this year, and, and uh, because this much we've already given, we'll add on to it, then the year after that, well, well, well he's uh, not bad, so we'll, we'll add on to that. And Saif calls Saif at the end of 
uh, you know, by the time you're an old man, a uh, full professor, hopefully you have uh, money to conduct reasonable research. Uh, that all ended in my career, in which the Medical Research Council of Canada, it's no longer called that, but it was then, decided no more of this incremental guaranteed, in, in, no more in, guaranteed increments. Just because a guy had so much money last year, so we have to use that as the base to decide whether we should have more or not? The heck with that. We will start with zero. So here you climbed up this ladder and, and somehow accumulated your sustenance. Uh, and you could always assume that you could rely on last year's increment because it would be an increase. Now you begin with zero. And what they look at is what did the guy do? Not what he had last year, not what he had the year before that. What did he do? That's Rosh Hashanah. They look at you, they look at your record. And they say, I don't care what, yeah, I had a great year. Last year we stooped him with all kinds of goodness and kindness. Where, where, what did he do with it? What did he do with last year? Where did last year go? What happened? That plus the fact of the recognition that last year was perhaps a little bit defective in terms of one's uh, efforts. Uh, tshuva. What kind of tshuva? A person can change everything with tshuva. Cry out to Hashem from the heart. Regret the, the deficiencies with one's full heart. Um, and that is, will result in this package, the quality and quantity of this package, which is designated for you on Rosh Hashanah. Um, so this is, this is not a matter of, of beer. This is not a matter of struggling with negativity and fighting with oneself and, and struggling and plowing and planting or writing granite. None of the above. <clears throat> this is milamai lilamata. This is what Hashem grants people, grants mankind and everything else in the world on the basis of pure kindness. Um, uh, there's no oil for this. This isn't a matter of you don't have to sweat this one out. Um, of course, spiritually, Rosh Hashanah is not easy to either. The hashpa comes milamayla. There is nothing you can do uh, to squeeze out more. You're standing naked before your Creator. You're being <clears throat> judged for what you were and judged for who you, the, the purity and the truth of who you are now, which is the nature of your, the beginning of your tshuva. Uh, and, and this is what comes Go back to the, the mushal. Uh, granted, a person's parnasa comes from Shemayim. A person, whatever a person is going to get during the course of the year, is already determined in a general way on Rosh Hashanah, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but more specifically Rosh Hashanah. Now, it doesn't mean that, all right, so great, uh, there we go, now I can just sit back and do nothing. <clears throat> there has to be some <clears throat> activity, there has to be some um, 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 profession or work of some sort. Maisa Matin is the idea of business. Lasois keli l'shefa kiss. You can't have something to receive it in. You cannot expect a paycheck to blow through your window. There has to be a normative natural means because we live in a normative natural world which is designed for us, ultimately for Yigiyah, which we'll see a little bit later on. But for this kind of bracha, you've you got to have something in which the bracha can actualize itself. You, if you don't have a, a, a business or a profession or a job... You don't have a keli, and you just can't sit on a park bench and expect a moth to come down and give you your supper. 
Hashem will bless you with everything you do. is written elsewhere. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The, the reason for this is explained elsewhere. This is a country's mind. Actually, one looks in there. I think it begins with uh, Perak 17. The Rebbe says down here. Avo. It's not a matter of, this is not an Avaita Birum, it's not an Avaita of Zayas Apecho, not yet. Why? Because it comes down in a way of Chesed Chinum, in a way of Or Yosher. All a person has to have are the basics with which to collect it and, 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 and provide Kalim such that it's useful in this world. Nonetheless, what with all that? Hari. Uh, well, we have this judgment on Rosh Hashanah, and that's going to determine your package, so to speak. Well, a person is judged on a daily basis as well. It's a well-known concept, common concept. We know it. We realize this. We have Tachnan, uh, Shachras, and Mincha on most days, uh, every day except Shabbos and Yom Tov. Ladas, who? Reb Nosen, the Gemara is explained in the Gemara, not only every day is a person judged, but at every moment, at every, every second. It says, by moment by moment, you, you judge us. Therefore, um, we say, in Birchas Ha'aretz, it's said specifically on the eating of bread. Here, you know, here it is. So we say in this bracha, you have a piece of bread. Whatever the bracha that you got on Yom Kippur, on Rosh Hashanah, uh, is there, it's yours, it's there. but you can't eat it, it's spiritual, it's ruchnius, it's elukos, it's or, yasher, it's or. What is going to make it a piece of bread such that it is a bracha, practical and useful for your physical existence here? This is the Inyan B'chol Yoim B'chol Eis. I'm sorry, uh, so we say this in Achilles Mazan, B'chol Yoim B'chol Eis B'chol Shah. Every minute, second, and moment we are judged whether we are entitled to be able to draw on this account. This is the second dimension of Parnasa. First part, the dimension of Parnassah is essentially a hamshacha of hashpah in Ruchnius. The second dimension of, uh, of, of Parnassah is the uh, transformation of that Ruchnius into physicality, which, think about it, re- requires yeshma'ayin. You're, you're asking a great thing of Hashem is Barah to turn your bracha into a piece of bread. Shemachadesh b'chol eis v'shah ma'ayin liyeshma'ayin. What the Rebbe says that it's brought into being and existence in every single second that it exists. This we are very familiar with from Shariyach Ramuna. That bread is unlike the hashpa that comes milamayla, which is or eternal. It doesn't require uh, um, any uh, additional exertion or effort or anything of that sort. There it is. 
in order to take Ruchnius and make it Gashmius is the union of Yesh Ma'ayin. And the, that Yesh is turned into Yesh from Ayin Kol Rega Varega. The table here, it, we think of it as a state of being. It's in a state of being. There is no state of being. There's a constant state of becoming. It is constantly brought into existence. Kol Rega Varega by Devar Havaya. So the second process is a different one. The first process is to elicit Aham Shachavor. The second process is a uh, a much higher demand, and it reaches a much higher level, as we'll see later on, of, of actually bringing Ruchnius into physicality, in of which is a Chiddush. We go back to the idea of Chiddush, we'll see. This comes through Avaida and through Yigiyah Davka. We will continue next week.